0: Welcome to Whatever Works, our unique fortnightly podcast in which we talk about whatever works in our lives and in the lives of the community members. And why not join our community? Simply search for whateverworks at mewe.com and get stuck in. Sorry, were you just, were you just singing? Do sing some more. I'm sure that the audience will love it. I, 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 I don't think anyone listens.
1: We we are we're, we're a week late, and I didn't announce us being a week late, and nobody's mentioned. Nobody it. said, "Oi, we, where's our no, show?" Yeah. We've got we've got no listeners at all. I reckon, I think which means are, we are, can say what we like.
0: They're whispering, "Hey, hey, we got away with it.
1: They haven't done a show, and we haven't noticed." It's like it's like being the invisible man, isn't it? Aww. Yeah. You can you can just do what you like, and if we could say we could gossip about anyone now, and we know that no one are listening. Listen, listen to no will we hear.
0: as we used to say in theatre, I'm sure they both enjoyed it very much. <laughs>
1: Hello everyone. 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 Hello to you two people.
0: Yes, <laughs> two lesbians and a dog, or something, isn't it? Whatever.
1: We'll have um, <laughs> well, as as, um, as we've said before, we we'll, we'll
0: have a nice chat anyway. If anyone wants to listen, they can. Absolutely. There it is. That's what this show is, Ted. It's you and I waxing lyrical, sometimes not so lyrical, about this, that, and t'other. And if anybody wants to join in, excellent. And if they don't, we're going to do yeah. it anyway. <laughs> One,
1: two. Right. Go on. They do I'm the just, housekeeping just first. Just checking me levels. Just checking me. <laughs> Level standby, right? Okay, housekeeping time. What show is this? 201, so 300 to go towards 500. And um, it's Monday, the 29th of January. And whateverworks.works is our website. Uh, we've got a MeWe group, and people go in there and tell us whatever works in their life. And you could do that too if you wanted to. <laughs> do you think anyone's listening
0: 300 to go till 500 I like that that's your major thought here at the top of the show <laughs> <laughs>
1: aidenbell.com is where you'll find aiden tessummer.com is where you'll find me and links to all I do and also actually we have got one listener Philip Ray hello Philip <laughs> a, big, a big thank you to Philip because he generously bolstered the fund for whatever works in January 50 quid he gave Woo! thank you so much and that does actually go some way to offsetting the recent hosting and web fees. So very kind. Thank you, Philip. Yes, thank nice you, one. Philip. Nice one. Well done indeed. If no one else is listening, we know you are. <laughs> and we've both been sick, haven't we? Do you sick know, as dogs. We've Yeah, I mean, do you want to go first or shall I? Oh, mine's very quick I I just had some sort of stomach bug which lasted almost exactly a week I just had this constant stomach ache really annoying and it lasted as I say almost exactly a week and then it just suddenly went away um, and it's just very very
0: tedious I hate being sick but yours was more serious well no no not more serious and I I think certainly not more painful than a week long stomach bug which sounds horrible no I got the I got the bog standard fluy you know just man flu the runny nose and the headache and and the blocked up and the feeling rotten and I I spent a couple of days in bed thinking, why am I in bed with flu? I had my jab um, and tested and it wasn't Covid. Uh, and then it just it wouldn't go away. I mean, I ended up back on my feet and st- staggering through life. <laughs> but it, it's still even now. I mean, I will probably be sniffling and coughing a little bit during the show, for which I apologize in advance. Uh, it just won't go away. It's, it's week three now. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, we've talked on the show about how I'm pretty convinced I've got long COVID, and, and you and I have chatted privately, Ted, about could it be that long COVID symptom that's causing this, or could it be simply that I'm getting old? Or, as you suggest, could it be that these days flu bugs are becoming more prevalent and, and, and stronger than they used to be and they take longer to, to shake off? I don't know, but I've, I've this is the longest I've ever, ever had a flu bug. <laughs> Here we go. <coughs> Week three. <laughs> Over. Or, 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 indeed, or indeed spoken about it. <laughs> oh, oh, saucer of milk for Mr Salmon and tell us about your battery powered pump then while you're at it No, 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 I,
1: it was a question for you I put it in the recording notes because I wanted to remember Anyway, I'm, I'm glad that you're feeling a bit better <laughs> even if it is lingering on I'm only joking It's not very nice to have those kind of sickness things going on I, I, I As I say, I so hate being I, I, make the wor- I would make the worst patient in the world I'm sure I would I'd be whinging and whining and being a right miserable git. More it's, than it, usual.
0: No, but I'm, I am too, and I think the, <laughs> the problem is when the mind is willing but the body is weak. As Bette yeah. Midler famously said, let me hear your body talk, and my body said, f*** you. It's just... Yes. You you want to get on with things, <laughs> and you've got ideas and things you want to do and things you need to do, and your body just goes, oh, do I have to? It's just annoying, yeah. that's all. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, I totally agree, anyway... Um, onward and upward, and all that claptrap. I, I I put in the show notes a reminder to myself to ask you yes. about your battery-powered. Um, stop sniffling. Sorry, in the I was leaning away from Are the microphone s- to try and do it quietly. Gist? That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I'm back on track. Uh, Hi. you you brought to the show yonks and yonks ago. This is probably a still using what well, it could be a hand-held um, battery-powered tire pump. Now, if you remember it, I wonder if you could um, tell me if you've still got it and provide links and all the rest of it. I saw the, the, the Xiaomi one, which is in um, Amazon. I'll put a link in the show notes to that one because that looks really nice. Mm-hmm. But it is 40 quid. And I thought you got a kind of cheap version. Um, and
0: uh, yeah, I'll stop talking now. Your turn. <laughs> I'll have to look up exactly which one it was because this, the, the, the thing is this. Yes, I do remember it. Uh, I bought a, a, a dinky little pump for my car to keep as a, as, a, as an emergency uh, and it was, as you say, quite some months ago now. I brought it onto the show. I talked about it. I popped it under the floor of the boot in the car and I haven't seen it since no. but only because I don't need it. It's it's really, yeah. it's a case of still not using. Um, It's there as far as I'm aware. It will work when I need it, should I need it but it's the kind Kind of thing as I haven't been unfortunate enough to have a flat tire I, I have not needed it um I'll... was it a rechargeable yes I believe I, b- I believe it is. <laughs> yeah, yes I'll yeah. go out to the car afterwards and I'll let you know privately and we can pop it into the group if others are interested which one it was and I'll also while I'm at it I'll just see what the charge is like and whether it you know it might be a case a case of um oh no no I tell you what Ted it's not rechargeable or battery you plug it into the 12 volt on the car uh, well, that's exactly
1: do. what if you'd stop talking for two seconds you and told let me, me it was get my in... turn. <laughs> Well, your turn doesn't go on for the rest of the day. Um, What I was going to say was that that on a scooter, clearly, if it's a plug into the car cigarette lighter one, then that's no good at all because I haven't got one. So it needs to be a rechargeable. Ah, no, in that case, I can answer it
0: straight away. It's (laughs) over and out. It's yeah, it's it's a plug into the car thing. So since you haven't got a car,
1: it's no use. In which case, I might as well buy the Xiaomi Portable Air Compress one. I was looking for a... If, you, if, you, if anyone out there has got one which is cheaper than the Xiaomi 40 quid one and works just as well, please let me know um, if you're listening. Oh, Philip. If you know Philip, <laughs> our one <laughs> listener, um, then let me know. Anyway, um, there you go. That was my item about uh, tyre pumps.
0: Incidentally, you don't have to be a smoker to have one of these. <laughs> You see, because it goes in the smoking... Thi- oh, please yourselves.
1: Oh, I see what you mean, the cigarette lighter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, cars don't have cigarette lighters
0: Well, anymore. that's what's so You're funny. I mean, no, yeah. it, but they do. I mean, I have been on holiday and hired lovely, brand-new, expensive cars I couldn't possibly dream of touching if I wanted to own one, and it has a cigarette thing in it. And you think, oh. why? It really is... It's bonkers. Um, here, listen, I was going to say, I got my first speeding ticket since Covid on Friday. Well, I didn't get it on Friday, but I got the horrible letter that says, we are prosecuting you because you drove too fast on Friday. I was doing 69 in a 60 mile an hour limit because it was one of the, it was a motorway and it was one of these Why? It was a restricted zone thing on the why? wretched. I'm telling you if you why, stop why, asking why would you, why would you drive over the allowed limit? I don't get this. Because I'm a naughty boy. No, I tell you what it was. <laughs> I can remember what it was. It was the M25 and it was one of these ones where it slows down to one of these restricted zones for miles and miles and miles and you're not even never quite sure when it started and ended, and obviously I yeah. caught one end of it badly, and I was doing 69 in a 60, and I've ha- I've had the horribly threatening letter that says, you must immediately let us know that you were the driver of this car, otherwise we'll come round and shoot you on the spot. Um, yeah. Which, you know, in terms of the environment is... A ridiculous waste of the world's resources because they sent me an envelope with several sheets of paper, one of which I have to fill in in pen and put back in an envelope and post back to them only to confirm that I am the driver so that they can then no doubt send me more paper through the post telling me, you know, this is what you owe us. Um... But I'm annoyed because thanks to Covid, I have a beautiful, clean licence because, you know, I mean, like so many of us, I've been a bad boy and I've, I've collected speeding tickets in my time. But because of the Covid break, in inverted commas, I actually, my, my licence became clear and free again. And I've been able to apply for acting jobs saying I have a full, clean British licence and I may not anymore, depending on how this goes. Good. I'm glad you won't. <laughs> because
1: you shouldn't be driving over the speed limit. Well, I, I, I have this—I have this conversation regularly with people. They—they they always say, "Oh, bugger! I've got a speeding ticket," and I say, well, well just follow the rules of the road. Don't." drive faster than you're allowed to oh, do how? and
0: you won't get a
1: speeding ticket
0: absolutely Ted, I'm 100% <laughs> I concur, I'm not going to argue the speeding ticket absolutely not, bang to rights, scarf yeah. hands in the air, I was driving too fast I jolly yeah. well should suffer for it, no 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 no. I'm not denying that, I'm just annoyed with myself for doing it in the first place, over and out
1: yeah, right oh then oh anyway, um, let's get to some feedback from the pe- the good people out there and forget about your whining and whinging um, <laughs> even if it is about yourself um and a bit of feedback on show 200. Um, Dave Rich, who, of course, was the, one of the founders of the, of the show. Hello, Dave. Time really does fly, he says. Well done, chaps, on your 200th episode. I remember recording our first one just as my daughter was being born. Funnily enough, she's as old as whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the good work. I hope to join you again for an episode at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Um, the, the, the problem with having guests on the show, as I've been saying to Steve Litchfield lately, is that... Um, you particularly, Aidan, and no offence at all, but you need to be incredibly flexible with timing of when we record yes. because your mum has lots of stuff that she needs doing very often at last minute. And if you book up a guest, all of that kind of is a bit tricky and blah, blah, blah. Um, so we tend not to, to, to consider having guests, but perhaps one time when she goes
0: on holiday or something, <laughs> we can get, we'll get Dave on. <laughs> Yeah, listen, Jim Fowle also... Commented. By the way, I love, very fond memories of Dave Rich. I, I had a lovely time doing the show with Dave and, and all best wishes back to you, sir, Dave. And you know what? We, we will have to. We'll have to find a time when we jolly well must get you on the show and, and, and yeah. re- rekindle the old flames. Jim Fowle also sent very kind comments. Congrats on your 200th, says Jim. Keep up the good work. We're trying. <laughs> We're doing our best, Jim. I always want to comment, he says, on the podcasts, but I tend to listen to them in the car, which means by the time I get to where I'm going, I forget what... I wanted to comment on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have started using point. Siri, he said, through CarPlay to add reminders. I must be getting old. Well, you're not getting old if you're using modern technology like that. I wouldn't know how to do that. I'd just pull over when it was safe and write it down on a piece of paper.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yes, indeed. Thank you, chaps. And we do appreciate you having thought about us and, um, you know, enjoying the fact that we got to 200. It was a kind of landmark, really. Um, 200 shows, even if you said that was every two weeks, how many years is that? Four? We started in 2016, so that's eight years, actually. So it must have been less than every two weeks, wasn't it? Anyway, um, 200 shows. Hurrah!
0: Ian Barton brings us the Meros carbon monoxide detector, or detectors. He's got several of them, I believe. Ian says, our chimney sweep keeps telling me... Our chimney sweep? (laughs) That's great. You just let that one slip by. Our chimney sweep keeps telling me that I need carbon monoxide detectors because we have three three log fires in the house. I finally caved in and I bought these. It's a pack of two. £36.99, reduced to thirty-two fifty-eight plus a £4 voucher comes to £28.58. Cheap at half the price. It's hard to report back on them, says Ian, until they're needed. Exactly. We they say this so often in the show. Things like fire extinguishers and pumps for the car. You don't need them until you need them. But Ian says, I will keep you posted. By the way, he says... We do have fire alarms, but have little confidence in them. Some years ago, we had a big fire in a stack of bales on top of the silage clamp, caused by the insulation around the electrics rubbing through and causing a spark. It was a hot summer's day, and all the windows in the house were open. Uh, Therefore, despite the house filling with some smoke from the fire, none of the alarms went off. Brilliant. (laughs) Just what you need, isn't it?
1: Um, I the, the the reference to the chimney sweep, our chimney sweep, yeah. sweep. It sounds like he's kind of on permanent um, employment, doesn't it? But actually, I, I was going to say that when I was living in Sussex and I needed to have chimney sweep, they they were like gold dust. You couldn't get them. They they were booked up for like months in advance. And when when you phone them up, they say, "Oh, I might better fit you in in six months' time." I I think there's a. uh, If someone was going to start a trade now, probably a chimney sweep would be a good one to do it. Did they bring a small boy and shove him up the chimney (laughs) to do the work for you? Uh, and the other thing I was going to say while you were talking there, and I yeah. thought I'd come back to you, was that phrase you used, cheap at half the price. Now, I've never understood that because it
0: should surely be cheap at double the price. You know what? As I was saying it, I thought the same thing. I thought I'm saying this because it's a known expression that everybody uses, but it's, it's, yeah. it's bonkers. You're quite Teological. right. It really doesn't make any sense at all. No.
1: Anyway, um, uh, uh, so um, carbon monoxide detectors, if you need some, then they look as though. Oh, well, let me just check if there's still that price. We wouldn't like to be giving out duck information, <laughs> would we? Uh, £31.43 with a five-pound Talk amongst yourself, culture. listeners,
0: while Ted. Uh, uh,
1: does actually, they might be a bit cheaper. They might be a bit cheaper be, than they there were. There you go. So, anyway, there you so go. Cheaper, less you than half the, so the price. <laughs> yeah um daniel b misses next on the slime digital tire gauge this is not a tire pump it's a gauge right this tire gauge is perfect for my use he says i it can measure up to 120 psi and is small enough to fit in my pocket the hose wraps around the reader so that it fits into a small circle helping me guide the end of the tip of the valve more easily and releases the pressure with a more controlled burst i can have it available at any time and it takes me only 30 to 60 seconds to get the correct measurement also the number on the screen lights up in a dim light it also reads the measure sorry the pressure rounded down to point five and not to a whole figure so i can have for example 30.5 and not 30 or 31 so that's a benefit it only has one button to turn it on and turns off automatically measures psi kpa whatever that is and bars and not bars are um so, yeah, um, I, I guess my Xiaomi one, if I did buy it for 40 quid, would do that all that stuff yes, as well. But I think, I, think Daniel's, I think Daniel's point here is that it's dinky and it's pocket size
0: and you can just put it in your front jeans pocket or whatever. You know, this reminds me that I haven't seen for many years now, very sadly, I used to have a little dinky thing that I had from my father. It was about the size of a cigar or a large felt pen and it was a tyre gauge, and you simply pressed it against the tyre. Oh, All you yeah. did was you just held it in your hand, pressed it onto the tyre, and the, and the end shot out like yeah, a trombone. Yeah, right. This little piece came I out of the top those. and showed you the level of the pressure. Um, I and no disrespect those. to Daniel, but that was probably even quicker and easier than the Slime Tyres one. But um, there you go. Times have changed, and we've gone digital these days. Yes, Indeed. Yeah, I want to tell you about something. Now, I bought this, or well, I bought this on behalf of my mother um, some weeks ago now, but I wanted to keep quiet about till I tried it and could tell you about it. We bought a Russell Hobbs RHDH one zero zero one dehumidifier. Um, try trying to regulate the rooms. In my mother's bedroom, she has a dry mouth at night, as do I, and the dentist recommended a humidifier. So in her bedroom, she's got a lovely humidifier, which is like one of these things that some people have purely for aesthetic reasons, that blows out lovely-looking little puffs of white steam. Um, oh, yeah, I've got one of those. you got those. one of those. They're great fun. Yeah. Well, we've got the opposite in the bathroom, because our bathroom, for some years now, has been always wet, and, and this mould starts to appear on the walls, and the washing doesn't dry, and classic Aiden Bell. It took me a decade longer than it should have done to think, why don't I put a dehumidifier in here and cure this? So I did some research, of course, as I love to do. And um, I ended up with this little dinky thing. I don't have the measurements to hand, but it must be about a foot tall in old money and about half a foot broad. Um, And it just sits there on the floor and it's plugged in and it comes on. And my... God, it works. It's unbelievable. You put it into the bathroom, you turn it on and it's got a little digital reading and it says, you know, 89. So you've got 89 percent humidity and you think that's pretty high and you leave it running. And in an hour or two, it starts to come down and you go back in the morning and the bathroom is dry and crisp. And the washing that's hanging up has dried much, much quicker than it would otherwise have done. Very, very impressed. am I. It's a 10 litre size. It's recommended for a 30 metre square room. It's got, but it's, it's got an auto shutdown at the desired humidity, which is great. I've set it to, I think, 55%. So when it reaches 55%, it just shuts itself off and comes on and goes off like a heater would to keep and maintain the temperature in a room. So that's really smashing. It's got what it calls a smart timer, which is a bit uh, not really. It's not smart at all. It, all it is is a countdown timer. So you can turn it on and tell it, switch itself off after four hours. Excuse me, there's the cold. <clears throat> what I do is what I do with so many appliances in the house. I have a good, old-fashioned analogue timer on the plug. So it's plugged into the wall with an analogue timer. It comes on at something like 9 o'clock in the evening and goes off at about 7 o'clock in the morning. And I run it in tandem with the heater because it does slightly warm the the air, the room. The, uh, when it's running, it starts out blowing a horrendous cold draft into the room, but that eventually w- sort of settles down to a fairly slightly warm um, draft. So I'm, I'm running it in, at night as opposed to the heater. So between it and the heater, they keep the bathroom at a nice temperature for my mum 24-7, which is very good. Um, I'm very, very impressed with it. And not only that, I'm very proud of myself because it actually has a feature. It You know, you empty it. When it, when it gets full, you pull out the, 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 the uh, what do you call it, the bucket, the the, the, the thing what has got the water in. It, pour it away and put it back in again but it's got the feature at the back it's got a little outlet that you can undo the the bung and pop a hose on and I just thought I wonder if I could possibly fit this in I've never plumbed anything in my life but I'll give it a go I looked round the back of the bath I could see daylight so I thought oh hey there's a hole so I got a piece of garden hose cut it the right length plugged one end into the humidifier ran the other side round the bathroom out behind the bath and da- outside into the drain and bugger me I don't even have to empty it now. It just looks after itself and it just spits the water down the drain. So I'm really, really happy and impressed with the Russell Hobbs dehumidifier. 129 of our finest British pounds, but worth every penny. It's now on sale at 101 pounds. Oh, get one. Get one, everybody.
1: James, and buy one. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm being offered um, five months at 20 quid a month as well. Um, the, my, uh, the thing I'm concerned about here is that you clearly have got electricity plugs in your
0: bathroom. Which no, is... I did it myself. Basically, I went into the airing cupboard. I bastardised the heater in the airing cupboard and took us took, took a line out of it and put a socket on it. And now I've got a, so the socket is safely inside the airing cupboard, away from the water. And uh, the see. Not only that, I've also put one of these uh, safety trip switches on it as well. So, no, oh, no, actually. no. <laughs> I don't do plumbing, <laughs> but I'm moderately good at electric, so I managed to do that.
1: On top of this, where the controls are, there's also a button that says silent. Oh, so
0: yeah, I didn't even mention that. Sorry, that, it, it, it's barely worth mentioning. The idea is, it's, is it slows the speed down and it runs quieter. It really doesn't. It barely okay. makes... It, OK, it's very slightly quieter than otherwise. I, I, yeah, not really worth and, it. Uh, and what's the defrost about? Do you know what? I didn't investigate that. I must, oh, okay. I'm guessing you probably just press that button and it just comes on and goes off and keeps the... room. It probably just sets a particular humidity level to keep okay. the frost away. As, as some... You know, you can set some radiators to stop the room getting too cold it's got an automatic sort of if it goes below 7 degrees it will come on in any case probably something like that I see it's made waffling I, I have no idea I'm just filling time here
1: I could do I could do one of those in my bathroom because previ- as we spoke previously about that um, that's that right stuff, yes I remember because of the damp in there but t- to be honest I, I'd have to run electricity in there because there's none and I, I, I just think that's all a bit dodgy frankly right. obviously not in your house
0: I, you know, you you raise a good point because I'm, uh, you know, related to Heath Robinson and therefore just manage these things somehow. What would normal, decent people do, such as yourself, when you want to put a dehumidifier in a bathroom and you can't because there's no mains in there? So it does. One does wonder what they're for.
1: <laughs> well, all the pictures in the in the, the the sales page on Amazon show them nowhere near a bathroom. Right, or okay. other, other places.
0: I mean, to me, um, the bathroom seems the most obvious place to put one, and I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah. The, the yeah. house has not burned down, no no electric, nothing has exploded. Um, it's all working hunky-dory and has done for several weeks now. Excellent. Link in the show notes. Now, how
1: long would you think that a Zoom recorder should last uh,
0: before it not, breaks? It depends on how often you use it, I suppose. If you're a sound man and you're it. using it on a daily basis, maybe a year. If you're Aidan Bell and it lives in a cupboard, <laughs> five or ten. <laughs>
1: I bought this Zoom H2N in 2017, and so that's one, two, three, four, seven years ago. That's good going, Ted. And the switch on the top, it's the only thing wrong with it. The switch on the top is broken. Now, I did think about sending it back and having them repair it or whatever, but I don't know if what that would cost or how much hassle it would be. So I thought to myself, I'll treat myself to a new Zoom recorder. Ah. I went and, and had a look at the H6 again, which has got the lovely colour screen, as you know, because you've got mine. Um... But I decided that that was always a bit over the top for me. So I settled, uh, having looked at quite a lot of reviews and whatever, I settled on the H5, which is actually smaller than the H6. Mm -hmm. It's only got two um, XLR inputs. I don't need more than two. And... um, it, apart from that it's pretty much you know does the same sort of things and it's a it's a smaller unit and it's got a black and white screen instead of a color one blah blah um, and yeah, it, it, it works perfectly well it was reduced in price so i thought well why not although actually the um, h6 uh, was also reduced so there wasn't a huge difference in the prices to be honest but um, i thought i'd have a change and not go with the top again this time. And it's working perfectly well. So I recommend it, the H5, while you can still get them. I did see an article this very morning, actually, about the fact that the Zoom H range uh, is being upgraded to a, a completely new look, new everything. So I thought as well, I'm, I'm glad I got in before these old-fashioned ones changed because I bet you the new ones are all plasticky and crap. This one's lovely and stern and rubbery and lovely. Anyway um,
0: very very nice, very cute and I really like it. I'm very pleased I mean I love Zoom, they are stern and rubbery as you say, they're fabulous and you, as of course as you mentioned I have your old H6 which you very kindly sold on to me for my yeah. filming projects and in fact because that that aspect of my work is almost completely dead in the water now Uh, There's almost a gag there because it was filming River Ships, wasn't it? Dead in the Water? River Ships? Never (laughs) mind. Um, It it almost never gets used. Perhaps you should have contacted me before you bought the new one. But No, then I would have stopped you buying a new toy, which wouldn't have been nice. But no, yours goes on very well and and serves me very well, but it basically gets used once every few weeks as a backup recorder for whatever works, and that's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I
1: I do more podcasts than you, so mine gets more use than that. Yeah. You know, apart from all the aforementioned, um, it's it's a lovely toy. It's great fun to play with. And it feels like an old-fashioned toy as well. Um,
0: So, yes, I like it. You do more podcasts than anybody.
1: (laughs) I wonder who bought it. Ah, I wonder who bought the four-slice Russell Hobbs one eight seven nine zero Futura toaster. It looks really nice. It's a fifteen hundred watt toaster, stainless steel in silver, four slice. Somebody with the my the, the my affiliate link has bought this. It was forty nine ninety nine, reduced to thirty six quid. And at the moment, there's a seven pound twenty voucher off, so you can get this four slice toaster for twenty eight pound eighty. I calculate. Um, and now okay, it's no dual. It, it's no. It's no commercial robust toaster that we've spoken about before. Um, But then it's not a jewel-it price either. For 28 quid, it looks really, really nice. Um, And I would um, thank whoever it is that's bought that for using my affiliate link. You can do that as well. You can go to tinyurl.com forward slash AmazonTEDUK. You just shop on Amazon as you normally would, and I get a few pennies from everything you bought. I don't know who's bought what, but I do know that someone has bought it, obviously, because I get the few pennies for it, and it really helps me out as we go forward i get incidentally for anyone that's interested to know um on average i get about 10 pound a month um for that which they only pay out when it gets over 40 quid so every every four months i get about 40 quid from that so it is worth having and i thank you for your support but yes that toaster looks nice doesn't it
0: yes indeed thank you for your support i've been wearing it all day um yeah you know you say it's not um industrial but it looks to me in that direction, it looks like it's sort yeah. like the sort of toast you'd see at a B and B or a small hotel in the morning. Mm. To help yourself and make some toast. It looks very nice, a very sexy toaster. It did, indeed, 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 it does. And, I've, and I must update you on the
1: price. It's now thirty-five quid, and there's the offer, the, offer, the offer's gone. But even so, um, it's a. Uh, it looks like it's very, very nice, and it's still not as much as the RRP. I wonder who bought it. Cheap at half the price. <laughs> Head's top tips. Head's top tips. top tips. Now, a, a few years ago, we talked about the pink stuff. Remember that? Oh yes, I do. Very vaguely. Remind me. This, it's this cleaning stuff, which is like I dread to think what's in it. Much like the HG mold remover foam spray that i brought on the, the show before uh, you, you it makes you wonder what's in it because it's so blooming good um this pink stuff um i i had some horrible soap scum all over the inside of the shower door and i couldn't get rid of it i scrubbed it and i used <laughs> all sorts of things and i couldn't get rid of it so in the end i got this pink stuff and yep circular motions with a cloth leave it for a while rinse it off and i i actually did the top half first so to see to see the difference and it's absolutely remarkable the difference Um, and it worked really well Uh, we also used some at uh, mum's house on the glass hob in the kitchen uh, to clean the the glass hob and the same result really really good um the the blurb says that it's ideal for cleaning saucepans, cooker tops, sinks, UPVZ, barbecues, ceramic tiles, glass, showers, garden furniture, uh paintwork boats <laughs> brass, rust and much more. Rust and much more. Um and actually, mum told me since I put this on the show notes, she remembers some years ago using it on her barbecue grill shelf thingies, and she was absolutely astonished how effective it was. Um, that was before she got that bag thingy that you put you put them in. If you remember those mm, ones as well, mm. you can buy these bags and you stick your your grill shelves in there. Anyway, the pink stuff, five pound ninety nine for a little tub, and it goes a lot an awful long way. I uh, yeah, you know, I've, I've got loads of it left. Um, and it worked really really
0: well so that's my top tip get some pink stuff it sounds very like that stuff that i brought onto the show and i have to say this properly called muck off if yes. you remember that it's probably similar ingredients and there was a they did a screen cleaner as well that was astonishing they, these products come along once in a while don't they then you just think this must have acid in it or something because they <laughs> yes, just clean exactly. so well yeah. yes excellent good call ted thank you very much Ahmed Bieber's brings us chicory root syrup. Ahmed says this is suitable for those who want to monitor their sugar intake. Oh, Aidan puts his hand up. Uh, But is a healthier alternative to honey. Obviously not as sweet as honey, though, with less than one gram of sugar per teaspoon compared to six grams per teaspoon of honey and a high fiber content, he says. It has low glycemic index of 55 and it's perfect in coffee or on pancakes, etc. Well, I mean, people who are watching their sugar intake probably won't be eating pancakes in the first place. <laughs> but, um, coffee. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've talked to... Just the other day, I was talking to somebody about this. I used to have sugar. I used to have one or two sugars in my coffee and couldn't drink sh- coffee without sugar. And now that it's been several, quite a few years, more than a decade since I gave up, I couldn't think about putting sugar in my coffee. Isn't it funny how the things we get used to? Now, yeah, if you is. gave me a cup of coffee with a sugar, sugar, I'd spit it out. However, if you do oh, well. take sugar in your coffee and you want an alternative to watch your intake of sugar, then Ahmed recommends a chicory root syrup. Seven pounds and nineteen pence for two hundred grams. Thank you very much, Ahmed.
1: It's a, apparently chicory. I didn't really know what chicory was, but it's a it's a it's a woody plant um, which grows in Australia and South America. Okay, um, sounds like a. I, sorry, go on. I, well, I, can't, I was going to say I can't remember ever tasting it or knowing what it tastes like. But obviously turning it into syrup is just going to make, as armor says, it's going to make it sweet tasting. So
0: that's nice. Yes, it's one of those words you know, but you wonder why you know it and what it means. It sounds like a Warner Brothers cartoon character to me. You know, Chicory Rabbit or something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Still using, still using... I'm still using the Pyrex cook-and-freeze um, glass dishes set thingy, which I brought to Whatever Works 70 in November 2018. I and remember we all remember these. these I remember They're these. They're really nice.
0: Yes. But
1: they've got these airtight lids on them, which means you don't have to muck about with... Trying to find cling film or whatever. And actually, the lids are really well um, fitting. They work really well. The only thing you've got to be careful about with the lids is that they, if you put them in the microwave and leave it in there too long, they, they, they then warp. Oops. Um, but but then that probably is the same with a lot of things in the microwave. You've got to be careful yeah, in microwaves. Yeah. Um, uh, so we, we learned that the hard way. But the dishes are great. You can get um, four different sizes. This set comes in, a, 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 um, a, you know, four. Um, set with with one of each size, but you can buy them separately as well. Um, the lids are supposed to be BPA free, um, and apart from that, there's not much you can say about them really. They they just you know oven you can put them in the oven, you can put them in the in the um, the, the microwave. As I say, if you're careful with the lids, um, and they work really really well. So um, yeah, still using those, and will continue to do to do so, because Pyrex is good stuff, as we know, and these are nice little um, uh, multi-use
0: grass dishes. Excellente! Thank you. And you're talking of the kitchen and cooking and things, it reminds me, I can't Bring this on to still using because I've only had it for three or four months. But my air fryer is still one of the most incredible inventions in the world since sliced bread. And I'm still using mine and loving it daily. So air fryer. People, if you haven't discovered air frying, do. It's amazing. Okay, that was all. (laughs) Bosch. Barton's Bosch. Bosch is a name we know well, isn't it? And so is Barton. Ian Barton brings us the Bosch Professional Wood Drill Bit Set for the.
1: Stand up for the judge.
0: Stand up for the judge at the enormous price of £4.95 for a set of wood drill bits. Um, Judge Barton says, as I said earlier, no, Judge Barton says, as I said earlier through my orator, oh, that'll be me, thank you, Ian, Uh, we now have some carbon monoxide alarms, that's right, which I should have installed years ago because we have had log burners in some rooms. I have a lot of drill bits for metals, but the few wood drill bits I have are far too big for the holes I needed to drill. Bosch drills will always last for ages, I have found. I needed to drill holes in some oak beams, which were probably obtained from old battleships many years ago, because they're very hard and you need a decent drill bit. These Bosch drill bits do the trick nicely. It's a good brand, good quality and a good price. And a good shout, Ian, too. Yes, Bosch certainly is a name to be trusted and um, I'm tempted myself. Yes, thank you very much for that, Ian. £4.95. That's even under the old style. That is, isn't it? That really is. How many... (laughs) Let me see. I want to have a... How many drill bits do you actually get for your fiver? Seven. Seven! That's really not too bad at all, is Mm, it? Very nice indeed. Thank you, Ian. That's very helpful, I'm sure, for other folk. Link
1: in the show notes to that, as always. Um, Just a quick feedback on the um, ear and nose trimmer that I spoke about. I was going to get my dad for Christmas because mine has lasted for years and it's really good. Um... I, 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 amazingly, he's actually using it. My dad is really, really old-fashioned and stuck in his ways. And I, uh, when I bought this, I thought he won't use this. It will sit in a drawer somewhere, and he'll forget he's got it, and and do things the way he's always done things. But yeah, he he is a, he's actually using it, and he thinks it's quite good. Um, 1AA battery operated, one AA battery. You can do your nose hairs with it, or your ear ear, ear hairs, or whatever you want. That, that, and and it's just it's really really simple device it's just got a, a rotating thing in the top and a little grill to stop you kind of putting your skin on it and you put it near the, the hairs and it just cuts them off It I, it works really well there's no pain I thought that it might Kind of, he might give up because he thinks it hurts him, but he d- he hasn't. It doesn't hurt. Uh, pretty well made, solid plastic. There's a little slider switch for on-off, so it's really simple. And it's got a plastic lid to put over the top as well. You can put it under the tap to clean it. Um, £6.99, so yeah, definitely cheap as chips.
0: And it's a little bit nicer than mine, so I'm hoping mine will break so I can get a new one. <laughs> Do you know what? I have a little bit of a nasal mea culpa to have to say here. Uh, you may remember that when you were getting this for your father, I was somewhat poo-pooing it, for which I do apologise, and saying no, no, the one I'm looking for is the one that's like a tiny little baby size chainsaw. You maybe remember me talking oh, about yeah. it, and I, I was desperate to try one of those and bought one and tried it, and it's OK, but it wasn't as good as I was hoping it would be. <clears throat> Excuse me. And recently I, I went, I found my version of this one that you've talked about, the, 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 the standard one that you just described, and it works so much better. <laughs> right. So I've gone back to using that one again oh, with my tail between my legs. So, um, <laughs> mea culpa. <laughs> well, that's,
1: no, no, that's what Whatever Works is all about, isn't it? Learning from each other.
0: I want one, I want one, I want one. I want one of those.
1: I want a new chopping board. I'm <laughs> fed up with mine in the kitchen. I, I can never get the bloomin' thing clean. You know, even bleaching it is a, a... I hate bleach. I really hate using bleach. But anyway, oh, I love bleach, um, but there we go. I, and I thought to myself, I'll get a new chopping board. Um, I haven't actually got this yet. So that's why it's an I want one of those. And I was probably looking for tips, really. I guess that if you have something that is made of... Something like glass or marble or slate mm. or something, then it's it's impossible to, to stain it. The, the one that I've got is made of this kind of I don't know, plasticky siliconey stuff, I suppose, and it's white as well, which probably doesn't help. Um, and I thought uh, maybe uh, what the, the way to do it is to get. A glass one. If you get a wooden one, that's going to stain as well. Um, I've had wooden ones and they're no better. Maybe glass is the way to go. Or marble, if you can afford marble. A, s- a slab of marble. Um, or slate. What's your chopping board well, made um, of?
0: Ours is wood and it does indeed, or wood, it would, get the pun, stain, except that I always wash it instantly. The moment right. I finish using it. But my worry with things like marble and glass, for which I agree with you, probably better, won't they dull your blades? You'd end up having to sh- sharpen your knives all the time because I would have thought that a knife cutting Uh, on wood is less likely to become blunted than a knife cutting against marble or glass. uh,
1: I never thought of that yeah you're you're probably absolutely right perhaps that's why they're not so popular because of the very reason you you state yeah.
0: the other thing what pops uh, into my mind is of course the colour thing is I mean for people who want to be uh, obviously if you've got religious reasons or whatever that you want to keep food separate you've got you know one colour for fish one colour for meat one colour for vegetables or if you're vegetarian and just don't want any any meat products in your cooking. But um, luckily we're not. We've got a one-shopping board fits all, as I'm sure you have as well.
1: Yeah, except that it's stained all the time. And I, I also make curry as well, which doesn't help. Anyway, I've linked to one in the show notes, which is um, a nice big 40 by 30 centimetre size marble effect. I think it must be made of glass. Um, tempered glass, yeah, yeah. it is. Um, and if anyone's looking for one in the same way as I am, £11.99, I'll put a link in the show notes to that one, and if anyone gets it, then let me know how good it is, or else.
0: Or else you will be shot with a bug assault yeah. gun. <laughs> I stumbled on this the other day, and I'm really curious. Again, as I've often said when I, when I, when I prequel something I'm about to talk about, I don't want it enough to spend £54.99 pence on it. Um, but I do like the look of the bug assault gun. Uh, the name is a pun because it is a salt gun for firing at bugs. So, see what I did there? Bug a salt. Bug a salt. What it is, it it really does look like a a, a toy gun. I mean, it is absolutely a gun, quite sizable. It's a sort of in old money. It's about a foot and a half long. So it's a proper old, you know, go out with your friends in the garden, water pistol type gun. But what it does is you put salt into it, bog standard table salt into it. You fire it at insects (laughs) and it kills them. (laughs) Now, I've watched the videos on YouTube and blow me, it really does seem to work. I don't know whether it's anything to do with the fact that it's salt or whether salt is simply something that's quick and easy that everybody has. It doesn't matter if a little bit gets spilled in your house. And I suppose when you fire a jet of salt, it all separates and fires in several directions at once, which probably helps with hitting the fly. I mean, I do know that the reason flies move when you try to swat them is air pressure, you know, as they they feel the air pressure coming down towards them and they fly away which is why the trick that I learned and low me works. If you want to swat a fly, you have to bring two hands down and aim to clap the air about 10 centimetres above the fly. And what will happen is as you bring your hands down, the air pressure is detected by the fly. The fly flies upwards and meets your hands 10 centimetres above the desk as you're slapping them. And that works. And I wonder whether the point of the salt is it doesn't create any air pressure because they're tiny, tiny particles of salt. Anyway, whatever the reason, (coughs) excuse me, looks fabulous on the videos, People point this thing at flies and they fire it and the fly just drops dead on the spot. Um, we only occasionally get flies in the house. It's absolutely, you know, even for five quid, I'd have to hesitate to buy one because I simply wouldn't need it. But it's one of those things I would love to have a go. Not that I want to go around killing anything, Let you know, so... But anyway, the of salt. What do you think, Ted? Sixty quid for a gun that shoots salt at flies. I've, Everybody should have one. Heard,
1: first world problems. I've never heard anything like it. Interestingly, the first reviewer at Amazon is saying that um, if you shoot yourself, it does sting. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> God, yeah. So people are using it to. Sh- you can imagine the kids getting hold of it and, and just zapping oh. each other like we used to do with air yes, rifles. Yes, and the
0: moment you've got an open wound and you start firing salt into it, ouch that's the fly's revenge isn't it <laughs> if it
1: hurts if it hurts that much i reckon that the the impact of this is about it being pelted by salt it, not the fact that it's salt i, I think, think i agree with you yes yeah. i
0: think so and i think the fact that because there will obviously be hundreds and hundreds of pellets one of them's going to hit the or two or three of them are probably going to hit the fly yeah yeah, yeah but
1: yeah, what yeah. fun eh um, <laughs> everyone every, everyone is reviewing it Amazingly, um, positively,
0: bloody brilliant! someone says, "Yeah," if anyone wants to talk it up, it's bug dash a dash salt bug assault. Great fun. I'll put
1: the I'll put the links in the show notes, and we'll also link to the video as well, which I did intend to watch before the show, and I forgot. Um, but I'm sure I take your um, your your word for it because you're such a
0: reliable kind of person. Oh dear! Well, that makes you a gullible one then. <laughs> better
1: before right um repair cafes oh. i have not really ever seen one of these but apparently they're uh, they're free community run meeting places where locals can bring broken items for volunteers to fix oh. um, frustrated with throwaway culture dutch environmentalist martin postma came up with the concept in amsterdam in 2009 since then it has blossomed into a global movement with cafes in belgium germany france and the uk um and the usa and beyond so repair cafes i'll put a link in the show notes to their website and also to the wikipedia page which explains what they do looks good
0: this is like the repair shop, but without the kitsch televisionization. Did I just make up a word? Um, <laughs> James Reed says, um, I run one of these cafes in Harbourn in South Birmingham. Yeah. We started it in the autumn and it's been a great experience so far. We've had people bringing in all sorts of things, toasters, kettles, vacuum cleaners, lights, etc. And most of the time we've been able to do something. A lot of it is electrical and so requires new wires, new plugs, replacing switches or fittings etc. However, there've been other repairs as well such as gluing broken items, replacing battery operated clock mechanisms etc. It sounds like something right up my street I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. I've done some more complicated repairs says James, such as replacing an SMD diode on a Bose... I still say Boss instead of Bose. Bose, Boss, Boss A subwoofer, and changing out a laser assembly on a CD player. My goodness. It's been Mm -hmm. great in being able to give new leases of life to stuff which would otherwise be junked. This sounds fantastic. You know what occurs yeah, to me immediately, yeah. and I would, have, I would ask James how it works, I know that, for instance, a lot of charity shops are not allowed to take in stuff. But I presume yeah. if they're putting these through a repair, then they're going to be pack-tested and repaired and carefully prepared before reselling. So I suppose that's why they're allowed to be, set, to be resold.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and good for you, James. Well done for... Um... Uh, for doing that michael warner mike warner our friend of psc particularly says that he's got he's got one there in kenilworth um he's never visited but he really should because it would be interesting um i could probably help out with some of the repairs too well if you know mike warner and his capabilities particularly with phones and tech you know um computer techie yes. stuff he, he'd be roped in on day one if put his foot inside the door and they'd, they'd have him and they <laughs> they put him to work straight away. Um so I reckon if you go and have a look, Mike, you ought to act dumb when you first get there.
0: I think this is a fabulous thing and I I mean I mean why not listeners good listener if you've got nothing better to do start one yourself why not it's, it sounds like yeah. a fabulous thing it's good for the environment it's good for people because I'm sure it means people are able to buy these things without having to pay the huge prices that you would for a new one excellent all round there's support and um, information you can find in the US at the repair cafe or in the UK we have the restart project which is very similar and we'll give you the same information of how to start one for yourself
1: yeah absolutely so um, you know it's a it's a good project and thank you for for you guys for bringing it to our attention and certainly it does make the whole better before thing um better before because you know the throwaway culture we live in nowadays we're expected to just chuck everything and this gives everything that is possibly available um to be repaired
0: a new lease of life so well done everyone Indeed. And talking of throwaway cultures and better before, Steve Litchfield um, brings us music collections. Steve says a collecting music hobby used to involve shelves of LPs, cassettes and CDs. Indeed. Yippee. Life was good, he says, in terms of the hobby itself. But physical space becomes a premium eventually for most truly digital music from about 2000 onwards. One can collect music. One can collect with no space requirement. It's trivial to stream it via Spotify or Amazon Music or similar for a tenner a month. But I'd like to be able to listen to anything, says Steve, without an internet connection. What if the broadband goes out? What if I'm down to streaming on my cellular connection when out and about? Do I have enough signal? Do I have enough data for my monthly cap? Here, here, I agree with all of this, Steve. Having my own (laughs) collection of digital music seems to make sense to me. I've always said this. You want to own your own data in your own Place of living, place of being, place of work. A set of 500 gigabyte or so of MP3, WMA or H4A, etc. files at a decent bit rate, neatly organised into artists and albums that can be copied onto devices, backed up and generally uh, collected. Of course, says Steve, I might just be odd doing all this. Not at all... 50
1: gigabytes, he said, not 500. 500, 50. stretching
0: it a bit. Well, I mean, 500, (laughs) (laughs) that would be your collection, Ted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Indeed, for anyone who'd like to read, this is a very interesting article from Steve, which, of course, you can read online, and he goes on to say, as I do, that... Well, certainly I can speak for myself more, that for me, equally as important as the music itself is... Owning the physical, physical—the the, the collecting and touching and smelling and arranging and 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 generally playing with and loving the physical LPs, the cassettes, yeah. the CDs, reading the boxes, opening them, smelling them, looking at them—people um, may be shocked to know. Actually, I don't have a music collection at all of any form, digital, physical, whatsoever. But if I were to become a music collector, it wouldn't be digital. Or it would. Well, it would be yes and no, but it would have to include the physical element. You know, if I buy um, a Pink Floyd album on the web, I don't feel like I own it. I've got nothing to look at. I've got nothing to say. Look, no. that's the album I own. I would need to go to a shop and buy the record sleeve, even if I had the digital download as well.
1: And yeah. you don't own it. That that is the truth. Um, unless you um, download it and and store it somewhere. Yes. If that's if that service goes tits up, then you you won't be able to get to it. Yes. So yes. Uh, yeah, owning music is is different than it used to be. I think.
0: But even if I did own it, I mean, you can sit and look at a whole library bookcase full of discs and CDs for for many minutes and enjoy that. You can't really sit and look lovingly at a hard drive (laughs) and say, that's my music collection.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, I'll put a link in the um, show notes to Steve's article on his blog, which is very interesting to have a look through. And um, it is an expanded version of what we've covered there in the show. So thank you, Steve. Thank you indeed, Steve. I want to put into Room 101, I I was waiting to do this for quite some time, (laughs) ambulance chasing pick rights. So I made the mistake in about six years ago, um of using an image from the internet I'm usually really good at not doing this and i am very aware of not breaking copyright when i when i with my magazine editor hat on um I did it would seem one slip through the net and I used this image um and it's um come back to haunt me i'm afraid so there's this this company called pick rights who hound people like me they they do this google research uh, sorry google um reverse search thing online and they find images that are likely to have been have been used without permission and then they start to hound the person who's used it or the, the organization that's used it and they've done that to me us um for our publication um so I absolutely hold my hands up to the fact that I shouldn't have done it, and it's an unauthorized use of copyrighted material. Fair enough, um, it belongs to someone else, and they should get the royalties for it. Um, but what what's annoying about the way in which Pick writes, and and this has been investigated, and um, but by you know people with more time to investigate mm. it, is that, that they pursue people without the um, the the knowledge of the uh, of the person who, to whom the copyright belongs, so it, it's not like an action that has been brought about oh. by uh, they, and and that's why I call it ambulance chasing because these these people pick rights being one of them have uh, have a growing re- reputation of just hounding down people very often on their own blogs. There, like I was just talking about Steve's blog there, that, yes. and I and I've got a blog, um, and. Um, I mean, one would think that within our MIWI group, we might be a bit safer. But, I mean, who knows? If you're using images that you haven't got the right to use anywhere, then it's possible that these um, ambulance-chasing, inverted commas, um, organisations might be after you. They might be coming to get you. Yes. Um, the, the, The initial... Um, email exchange was about just sending a bill. In my case, it was you need us to pay us a hundred and one pounds fifty. I think it was for the the image you've used. Um, but when you start to hunt, look online, there's all sorts of advice going on about this, and some people are saying don't pay them because if you pay them it just encourages them they they know that you're a soft touch and they'll be hounding you for more and blah 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 other people quite rightly i suppose are saying yes do pay it because you 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 broken the copyright, fair enough but we we want to be able to send the money, in this case, to the person who owns the copyright, not through a a third party, ambulance chasing legal department of some organisation it's just just all very unscrupulous in the way in which they've done it and it's very,
0: very annoying So I take a picture, I put it on the web you, 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 you nick it, as it were, in inverted commas, and use it for your website. If the ambulance chasers get you, will they come to me and say, Mr Bell, Ted Salmon has stolen your picture, or will they just keep the money for themselves? The, 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 I,
1: uh, as I understand it, they will, um, if they get any money from the person, they will then take a percentage of it, un- an unknown percentage of it, and then send the rest to the person right. who earns the copyright. So but, they could well yeah. come
0: back to me and say, Ted Salmon stole your picture. And I might then say, oh, that's fine. I don't need any money for it. I was very happy for somebody to use it. I wonder what they would then do
1: yeah they won't they, they, you see you do have the opportunity to tell them that you have got the right to use it so if i knew who the the person was who yes. the copyright belonged to but it tends to be big organisations like reuters and yes. um so a a staff photographer for reuters uh, or or other news agencies taking this yes. photograph, and they've got the anyway. It's a long, it's a bit of a long story, and uh, I, I I just thought I'd raise it in case anyone else is using um, copyrighted material on their personal blog or their personal website or whatever. I've stripped it all out of mine now um, because it's just really really tedious, and and it's quite um, it's quite scary in a sense as well because if they pursue you, you'll
0: be up in court and. You know, it's just I could do without this really. Anyway. But it's the it's the ambulance chaser bit that gets me. It's like this thing about, you know, uh, of offence. It's usually somebody else saying, you have caused this person offence, and the person themselves actually isn't offended at all, and it's just the third party who's kicking up a fuss, saying, you've been offensive. It sounds yeah. to me as if it could well be that the people who are putting images on the web are very happy for those images to be used and wouldn't want to have money for them, and the ambulance chasers, be. are on their behalf, in inverted commas, are making all yeah. this fuss.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um it's just really really tedious and I, I i i only raise it really because i think we all do it and um maybe we shouldn't well of course we shouldn't without permission and usually as i say i'm really really good at this i don't i you know I, i'm 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 very aware of that issue Yes. now i'll tell you what's happened is bing image creator <laughs> and if you look at the um i put steve onto the bing image creator and if you look at that um article we just spoke about that he'd written for his blog in better before about the music collections you can see good examples of the fact that he's gone off to bing image creator and has created some pictures in order to use with that which at the moment are allegedly copyright free however um various um image creation software firms like bing are being kind of arguing about that in court at the moment. So I mean who knows. Apparently there's a 6 year um window where people have got to make a claim. It's a it's a bit of a big topic which we probably ought to now stop talking about because it will take up more time but um yeah just to be aware if you if you've got a personal blog or website be careful about using images.
0: Exactly. I think that's a good that's the good tip to take away. Take great care because what goes on the web stays on the web and you don't want to get nicked for it. like Uh to give a gold Uh star to anyone I can just to hear the music (laughs) I want to give a quick gold star to Tesco for their app and specifically within the app for the feature what allows me to look for goods while I'm in the shop you know, in the, in Days of old, you'd be stood in Tesco, you'd think, now, where on earth is the peanut butter? And you'd call some young assistant over and say, excuse me, where's the peanut butter? And they'd say, oh, I don't know, let me look it up. And you'd wait while they looked it up, and then eventually they'd say, I think it's over there on aisle 12. I don't know. Yeah, normally, they, all that. <coughs> Whereas <laughs> now, I just pick out, take out my phone, open the app, put in I'm looking for peanut butter, and up it pings, aisle 12 are uh, in stock really? or out. Yes. Yes, wow. and absolutely. Where, which <laughs> aisle it's in and whether it's in stock or not. And, of course, on the app, you can also choose your store. My app is, of course, almost permanently fixed to my local Tesco around the corner. But if I'm, a, if I'm away somewhere, if I go into if I find myself in Chelmsford, then I just have to choose Chelmsford Tesco and it will do the same thing. It's really, really good because yeah. not wow, only will yeah. it tell you what, what aisle it's in, it will also tell you if they've got them in stock. So it won't even send you over to the other end of the store to aisle 12 unless you know when you get there you're going to find what you're looking for.
1: That sounds fantastic. I had no idea you could do that. I thought the app, the Tesco app thingy, was actually more about um, you know, ordering online and deliveries and all that. Not help like that. Actually, in the store, I'm going to try
0: that. I wonder. I wonder if uh, Abogeli Tesco is on the, their map. <laughs> I, I, I don't see why not. No, I have the app on my phone only initially because um I pay with I pay using it. You know I have the, the we pay with the app. So you just scan the app and that's your payment gone through and your club card points and all the rest of it. Um, oh, I've got the, I've got that on my phone. You mean in the wallet, the the, the club card thingy? I've got that. Um, it's called. I mean, I know they had a changeover. They about four or five months ago they changed over. They are amalgamated their apps into one mother of an app and um, I think it's just called Tesco, Tesco app. But um, there is a button you can click I'm looking for and then you tell it what you're looking for and it will pop up telling you whether it's in stock and if it is where it is.
1: Absolutely brilliant. I'm going to try that. Forthwith, next time I go into the shop, I shall have be I shall be ready to say, <laughs> yes. Where, "Where's my cheap my, uh, coffee beans?" Yes,
0: there
1: you go. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, that was definitely worth the worth the gold weather gold star. Um, I shall be interested to see if it works for me locally. We'll be back in three weeks' time. Don't ask anyone. Um, <laughs> Three weeks' time we'll be back, uh, and not two weeks' time. Whatever works, works, is where you'll find um, all of the stuff we've been talking about, links and all the rest of it, and also in your podcatcher, of course. AidanBell.com is where you'll find Aiden. He's got no work till next Christmas, so book him up. <laughs> um Tedsalmon.com is where you'll find me. Links to all the audio podcasts, all the MeWe groups are available from Tedsalmon.com with no illegal images and um yeah Mi we group is the place we want to see you let us know whatever works in your life it's, it's been a bit quiet lately one of the reasons we went to three weeks to be honest um things have kind of slowed down a bit and got a bit quiet so um do let us know whatever works in your life and we'll have lots of fodder and content for shows going forward and perhaps if we do we'll hike it up to two weeks again instead of three Um, but then uh, we'll see how we go. Um, Aidan,
0: as always, the last word is with you. Listeners, wind back to when Ted just said three weeks don't ask I just did an unintentional perfect impression of Muttley. (laughs) That's it, that's my last word. See you in three weeks everyone
1: (laughs) Okay, last words for both of us in fact so don't forget, whatever
0: Whatever works,
1: works works!